I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, all my fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to R.I.P. Diets, Season 2, Episode 3. Are you guys watching Bridgerton? I just binge-watched this show this past week. God, what a week it's been, and I'll get into that in a second. But I watched the entire season of Bridgerton that is available on Netflix. Just so you guys know, this is a spoiler-free zone. I'm an anti-spoiler podcast host, and I will not be spoiling this, but I did want to talk a little bit about one of the characters in Bridgerton, for those of you who've been watching. And if you haven't seen it and you're not interested, just, you know, hit that fast forward button. But um, first of all, I do want to say I loved how the show was made for the most part, and I was really into the diversity of the cast. There seemed to be a fairly equal amount of black actors to white actors, and they never acknowledged it in the show. So as a viewer, you just accept that this is the way it is, and it's definitely a more fantastical representation of um, the pre-Victorian era. It's not supposed to be historically accurate, although there are historical components to it, I suppose. So it's really interesting the way it was done. It reminded me a little of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, just in terms of the characters being diverse and that not being part of the actual storyline. But I want to talk about the character of Penelope, who is one of the side characters on the show who ends up being a bigger character as the story progresses. And also, I know that Bridgerton is based on a book series, and I haven't read it, but Penelope is written as this frumpy, less attractive character who is in a fat body. However, she is played by the actress Nicola Coughlin, also in Dairy Girls, which I've seen a little of also. And I was reading about what it was like to play that character. And she said she was a size 10 while filming the show. So it begs the question, why cast a non-plus size actress in a role that's meant for a plus size person? Also, the way they dress her is clearly meant to make her look larger than she is. I noticed while watching that the bodice of her dresses was often right across the bust, which for some of us, not myself, lol, but often can be the largest part of a woman's body. And I believe this to be the case for her. I understood that this was done intentionally to make her appear larger. Um, And also from reading more about her character, I found out that there is a potential weight loss storyline for her later in the series if they make more seasons. Uh, Not so much looking forward to that. So what they're setting us up for is yet another non-plus size girl who feels out of place and therefore loses a bunch of weight to fit in with her thinner counterparts. I do think she's a good actress and I understand why they wanted to cast her in the show. 
But I still can't understand why she was cast in this particular role instead of an actual plus size woman, especially when it's the one plus size character on the show and a really dynamic one at that. And these roles are so rare to come by for plus size actresses. My confusion about this is the same reason why I'm confused that straight size women model plus size clothing. I do not understand the concept of giving someone a job that was quite literally meant for another person. I think it could be that if there's a potential weight loss storyline involved, perhaps they thought it would be easier to cast someone in an average body and then make her look larger for the time being than actually having a plus size actress lose weight. But I feel like that's giving them too much benefit of the doubt. Um, And I can't speak for the casting directors or the creative team on this show. I'd love to know what you all think about this and how you felt about it. And I just really want to talk about the show. Side note, some of the best sex scenes I've seen on television in a very long time. I mean, there's a lot of theatrics involved, but that's gonna happen when you're dealing with sex scenes. But whoo, baby, I got really riled up watching that. The next thing I wanted to touch on is something that I had been noticing for a while, but I couldn't really articulate it until I saw a social media post by Healthy is the New Skinny. This is an interesting account to follow. It is a lot of fitness content, but it's from a different perspective. It's not... It's not body shamey at all, and I do find the girl who runs it, uh, who I, I don't know her name, but she she is very um, interesting and seems very smart. I don't necessarily agree with everything she says or represents on her Instagram, and I also think Healthy is the New Skinny is not the best handle name for anything even adjacent to body positivity because it glorifies health and also thinness, and it somewhat implies it's okay if you're skinny as long as you're healthy, which I also don't agree with. I don't think anyone needs to prove their health to anyone in order to be worthy of respect and admiration. But aside from that, I do agree with a lot of stuff she talks about. And she mentioned in one of her stories how awful the Zara website is. And I'm sure everyone is familiar with Zara. Internationally, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest fast fashion brand out there. The website is actually comically bad. I recommend you just take a quick gander at the way they display the clothing on the website. Just to give you an overview, the models are stick thin, but I mean, that shouldn't come as a shock to anyone. Um, But they're not just stick thin. They're also extremely young. Many of them look like they're in high school. And the way they shoot the clothing on these wayfish bodies is ridiculous. I'm talking very contorted poses, lots of layers. So it's often hard to tell what the clothes look like or what they're even advertising. And even not wearing the clothes in the correct way at all. You know, things are falling off the shoulder, pants are way down, almost crotch level. Like, it is out of control. And this angers me, okay? As far as I'm concerned, when I'm shopping for clothes, I want at least one shot of the model standing up straight, front and back, so I can visualize what the clothing will actually look like. Of course, I can never expect to see a model that looks like me, so... I need to use my imagination to a certain degree, but at least 
I need to understand what the clothing looks like on a person, not what it looks like on a 16-year-old trapeze artist with a dislocated shoulder. And the Instagram account, Healthy is the New Skinny, that I mentioned before, she made a very astute point that, like I said, I had felt this, but I never could quite articulate it, which is... It's incredibly odd to have these preteen looking girls modeling clothing that's meant for young professionals, girls in their 20s and 30s who want to be well-dressed and are willing to invest a little more money because Zara is typically a bit more expensive than your Forever 21s and H&Ms. It's a tad more elevated, or at least that's how they market themselves. So why are you displaying the clothes like this when none of these models look like the women who actually want to buy these clothes? It's mind-boggling to me. And it made me think about how we see these images all the time and it completely distorts our expectations and how we see ourselves. And like I said earlier, I've not had the best week. And honestly, I'm a little nervous to share with you what's been going on. If you're in your late 20s or early 30s, DM me and tell me, has your period gotten increasingly more impossible to handle as you age? I'm on day two of my period right now, and I'm not exaggerating when I say the past two days, I have felt as if I am in a clinical, irreversible depression. And this never used to happen to me on my period. I swear to God, I used to just plug my vagine with a tampon and I would forget that I had my period. It barely affected me at all. Now when I get my period, Pretty much since I turned 30, I feel as if the serotonin has completely drained from my brain and I have zero energy and take zero joy from life. Hate to be dramatic, but it really is that dramatic. I came home yesterday. I was so hot. I felt like I was having hot flashes. And then I took off all my clothes and I just cried in bed in my underwear. I mean, I ugly cried and I had no idea why I was crying. I had no idea why I felt so sad and hopeless. I don't know how I'm expected to just go through my day when I'm feeling like this and when I'm simultaneously hungry and bloated at the same time. I also find that my body image is all over the place when I'm getting my period and these urges to control my food are almost unbearable. And I know that I know that menstruation affects every woman differently, but for me, I'm always ravenous when I have my period. I just need to eat more often. I eat more snacks between meals and all of that is fine, but I'm also at odds with my body the entire time. I suffer major body dysmorphia during the week of my period. It is so real and I wanted to let anyone know who also deals with this. I just want you to know that Like all things, this too shall pass and these feelings will go away. Your period is a time for you to try to slow down, take it easy on yourself. The hormonal changes going on in your body are no fucking joke. So don't expect perfection during this time. It's way easier said than done, of course. When I'm on my period, I feel like a totally different person. And the farthest thing from confident in my body. And I just want to hide away when it's happening. And if you need to hide away a little bit, that's also completely okay and understandable. But don't stop eating and don't be too hard on yourself or too critical of the way your body looks, okay? This too shall pass. One final thing I'd like to end on. I got a DM from a listener who I'm going to keep anonymous 
she sent me a screenshot of a random message she got from a stranger, which I'm not going to read. But the gist of it was, you need to lose weight. You're disgusting. You should kill yourself, he even says. It was really a nasty message, one which I personally wish to never receive. But the unfortunate fact about social media is that everyone has access to you to a certain degree. I think most of us have received either creepy DMs or just DMs that comment on our appearance, whether it be positive or negative. I got a DM from a so-called fan the other day saying my eyebrows are too long, which I wasn't aware was even a thing, okay? It took years to grow out these tails. These tails are 100% au naturel. But really, there's no avoiding it when you make yourself public, or frankly, even if you exist on the internet in any capacity, you are opening yourself up for unwanted commentary. Just know that anyone who takes the time out of their day to send you a message about something wrong on your face or your body doesn't think very highly of themselves and is just trying to tear you down. I know this has been said a million times before, but... What other people think of you often has nothing to do with you. It's hard to conceptualize that when it's happening to you and it feels very personal. I completely understand that. But when I think about times in my life when I have been the happiest with myself and where my life is, I would never try to tear someone else down. It's only when I haven't been doing well personally that my critic voice chimes in. And even though I would still never send a nasty message to someone. I become more critical internally of other people, but it's only because I feel critical of myself. I would like to propose another way to look at it. The next time you receive a cruel message from someone commenting on your appearance or just saying something mean, you can clap back or not clap back, whatever makes you feel better. But either way, just stop and think to yourself for a moment. Wow, I must look like I'm doing pretty fucking amazing for someone to go out of their way to drag me down. Because that's the only way to make sense of it. There's no other reason whether you believe it or not. That's the truth. And that's it, you guys. I know today was a short episode. Like I said, I've had a hell of a week. I still wanted to get a show up for you guys. I promise next week we're going to be back post-menses. We're going to be stronger than ever. I want you guys to continue sliding in my motherfucking DMs. I am Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N on Instagram. You can also email me at ripdiets at gmail.com. Send me some advice questions. I want to answer more advice questions on the show. I love doing that. So It's a safe space. Send me anything you like. Tell me if you want to be kept anonymous. And that's it. Oh, and join the private Facebook group. Go on Facebook. Type in RIP Dieters into the search bar and request to be added. I usually add people in less than a day. And check out my Patreon, people. Patreon.com slash Rip Diets. For $6.99 a month, you get a bonus episode and a bonus vlog every month in addition to so much access to me. I think I have five vlogs up there right now and most of them are what I eat in a day. So I take you through my day and take my camera out every time I eat. And then I also have little uh, one-on-one chats with you guys. So I have five of those, and then I also have a bonus podcast episode up on there. More to come. I would love to see some of you guys on there. It's a great way to support the show. 
And speaking of that podcast episode, you guys are in for a special treat. I decided to attach a bonus episode off of Patreon to this episode so that you guys can get a sneak peek of what you are missing out on. This is the only time I'm going to be doing this. I swear on my mother's grave. My mother's alive, by the way. This is just a little taste of the type of action you get on Patreon. This is just barely scratching the surface. I think the video content is the main appeal of joining the Patreon. But just to give you an extra special taste, I'm going to play it as soon as I'm done with my plugs. So have a fabulous week. I'll see you all next week for a brand new episode of RRP Diets. Peace out. Hello, all my fellow mourners of diet culture. Welcome to the RIP Diets Patreon and the first exclusive podcast episode available on the Patreon. So excited to be here. So excited to have you guys. Those of you who have joined so far, I'm loving your feedback. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And just thank you for your overall support. It means so much to me that this podcast is helping get you guys through the holidays. And we're just going to get into it today. It's going to be a little bit less structured than normal. It's going to be a little bit unfiltered. And yeah, we're just going to see how it goes. I haven't even written down notes for today. So this is really just like uh, we're having coffee and I'm just complaining about all the things that have bothered me this week in the news and otherwise. So yeah, I I hope you guys enjoy that. It's a little less polished than what I normally do, but we're going to get into it. I thought it would be very appropriate to talk about some current events related to body positivity. The first one, we're going to talk about Lizzo. I'm sure that a lot of you have caught on to what's going on with Lizzo. She posted a video to her TikTok saying that she had just done a 10-day detox smoothie cleanse. And in it, she outlined, you know, what she had been eating, which included green smoothies, apples, peanut butter, vegan protein bars, and morning and night supplements. She also said days four, five, and six were the hardest, but now she feels amazing after having completed the detox. It's great to reset your stomach and reset things, especially if you deal with gastrointestinal issues like I do. But I think I look fucking great too, so period. Um, There was a big backlash and people are really calling out Lizzo for promoting this detox cleanse. Um, I got to admit, the first time I saw it, I was definitely judgmental of Lizzo, especially since she talks about being in a larger body and reaching a place of self-acceptance. It's very much a part of her platform, for lack of a better word, body positivity. So honestly, she is the last celebrity that I would expect this from. And it's completely understandable if there are some people listening who are angry with her or disappointed with her because finally we had a popular artist that we could actually look up to and who stood for the right things in our eyes. And now she is on a detox and steeped in diet culture. And we all are seeing, you know, how pervasive diet culture really is and how it can affect people that we wouldn't even expect it to. I wanted to actually read something 
that was posted in the RIP Dieters Facebook group, which if you're not a part of it, it costs absolutely nothing. You just go to Facebook and type in RIP Dieters, request to be added, and I'll add you within five hours. I'm very good about staying on top of that. But Stephanie Roman, who is a weight neutral health coach, and she actually has been a guest on RIP Diets before, she posted something to the Facebook group that I wanted to just read to you because it it did change the way that I reacted to this whole Lizzo thing. And I think it's helpful. She wrote, coexisting truths. Lizzo in parentheses, Adele, Rebel Wilson, etc., have the right to choose what they do with their bodies and their actions don't happen in a bubble. Celebrities are surrounded by diet culture too and face a lot more pressure than the rest of us. Let's work together at dismantling the problematic system, diet culture, instead of attacking its victims. You have the right to be triggered or disappointed. You have the right to unfollow or mute any account that isn't helpful to your mental health. I think that's just so beautifully put. And it is so true that we we kind of expect celebrities to hold to a higher standard. And that can't always be true because celebrities are living in the same universe that you and I are living in. They are affected by the same thing societally. They're under significant pressure. I mean, that part is way too true. So we need to keep in mind that we cannot always look to celebrities to be holding themselves to the ideal standard. That being said, I would hope that somebody with a platform as large as Lizzo's would understand that promoting detox diets or smoothie diets, meal replacements, things like that. Um, And I definitely think, you know, a smoothie detox diet falls under the umbrella of meal replacements. I don't think a smoothie is necessarily a meal. Definitely not a green juice, right? But We all should know by now that there is no diet that can actually detox the body. It's just not a thing. If you do have GI issues, a detox diet isn't really going to do shit for you. So Lizzo posting this, I, I can't help but think that is going to add a layer of legitimacy or fake legitimacy to this claim that if you have gastrointestinal issues, then these detox diets can help you. I don't believe that that's true. And I know that there's plenty of inconclusive evidence to that. So let's all take a step back. Let's give Lizzo some space. It's her body. She absolutely has the right to do with it what she wants. And let's not be so hard on her. It's funny. I I think that the body positive movement can be a little militant at times and can come after people in the same or a similar way that body shamers will come up after people and tell them that they're being unhealthy. And I think on either side, neither one is the correct way. But let's give her some space and hopefully she will have learned something from this. But if not, we just have to keep doing what we know to be right and to not be keyboard warriors about this, to not bombard Lizzo's Instagram with all of our comments saying how unhealthy detox diets are. 
I actually don't even quite understand people who comment on celebrities' Instagrams, period, because who is scrolling through the comments on celebrities' Instagrams and saying, oh, yeah, that person actually made a really good point? To me, it's just a waste of time, but that's just me. Another thing I wanted to rant about was this week I was, again, on Instagram, and I saw that one of my friends had gone live. And she had gone live with, I guess, a friend of hers who is a licensed nutritionist. Um, And side note, you really don't need that much education to be a licensed nutritionist. For example, um, here in New York City, we have the School of Integrative Nutrition. And I know for a fact that anybody who pays and does, you know, these preliminary classes can get a nutrition, quote unquote, nutrition certification. But it really doesn't amount to whole much. It's definitely not the same as being a registered dietitian, which takes years of school and multiple degrees to get, which is why I always say, if you're actually concerned about your health and you want to see, you know, if the way that you're eating is impacting your health, um, for example, if you have Crohn's disease or, or if you suspect you do, then not only should you see a weight neutral dietitian, but you'd need to see a registered dietitian. It can't be a nutritionist. And I always do say that. But my, my friend's friend is a nutritionist and a personal trainer. And my friend went live with her friend. And for some reason, I have absolutely no idea because this friend of mine is not in the field of food or nutrition at all. They decide to talk about sugar. And They were on about probably a 30-minute Zoom call talking about how sugar is addictive. And at one point, my friend said to this nutritionist, she said, I don't know what it is about sugar. I just sometimes I tell myself, okay, you can have one Reese's cup like that. You shouldn't restrict yourself. You could have one Reese's cup. And then I black out. And before I know it, I've eaten 20 Reese's cups and I've eaten two packs of Twizzlers. She makes it sound like there is something defective with her. And do you know what this nutritionist response was to that? It fucking blew my mind. And shortly after I had to shut off the video, she said, you know, you need to know yourself. And some of us are not moderators. I know that I'm not a moderator. So if I don't want to overdo sugar, I know that I can't have it. I was fuming. Smoke was coming out of my ears. I swear to fucking God, because she was saying this shit like it was a fact, but it's the complete opposite to what is actually true. You are not overdoing sugar because you're not able to moderate. That's not the reason. The reason is because you're telling yourself you can only have one Reese's cup or else you will no longer be healthy. And that's probably the mindset that you are going into every day with. And sooner or later, that type of restrictive mentality is going to bite you in the ass. And you're going to feel really out of control around sugar if you keep telling yourself you can't have it. And then finally, when you let yourself, of course, you're going to go overboard. Of course, you're not going to be able to moderate. 
But that's not what this nutritionist said. And I think we really need to steer away from this mindset, this all or nothing mentality. I know that I've said it before, but I'll say it again because I keep seeing this come up and I keep seeing people say this like it's a fact. Guess what, guys? There's no such thing as a sugar addiction. You cannot be addicted to sugar and you cannot be addicted to food. It's the behavior that you're addicted to. And more specifically, it's restriction that you're addicted to. It's telling yourself, okay, I I have to avoid sugar because that's how I will stay in control. Because if when I let myself have sugar, I go completely off the rails and I completely feel out of control. So the only way to stay in control is to never let myself have sugar again. And that is just not sustainable. And that's not something that you're going to be able to do every day for your whole life. So you're going to feel like a big piece of shit the next time you try to let yourself have a little bit of sugar. You're going to go off the rails. And once again, you're going to think there's something wrong with you when really there is something wrong with the system and there's something wrong with what you have been telling yourself, the lies that you've been telling yourself about sugar and about food. So I had to shut that video off. It was just so steeped in diet culture and so ass backwards and reading the comments below it, like people saying, ah, yes, it's all about moderation. Ah, yes, monk fruit is so much better than cane sugar. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Again, who is reading the Instagram comments for this? I don't get it. If you care this much, go do some actual research and write an article. At least write something for Thought Catalog. You don't even need to be qualified to write something for them. I don't know, guys. I'm really, I've had it up to here pretty much. Oh, and another thing that was in the news and something else that uh, I learned from being in the Facebook group again, guys, join the fucking Facebook group. One of my dear mourners, and a very active member of the Facebook group posted an article about Lululemon, who I've spoken about on this podcast and about how fucking fatphobic they are as a company. Um, this article is called Lululemon No Longer Just for the Slim Captures New Customers. And basically, it looks like Lululemon has expanded its size range. I feel two ways about this. I mean, I do think it's good that they are becoming more inclusive, that they are expanding their size range because it just is going to help to make people in larger bodies not feel so alienated and like they can't access things. I'm always pro companies adapting to the new way and to have more sizes that people can actually wear. However, I don't think it makes up for all the disgusting behavior they have exhibited over the years. I mean, it was only a couple years ago, I think, that their CEO, who is a man, by the way, went on a news show and specifically said, our clothes don't work for some bodies. And by some bodies, he meant fat bodies. He said, we go up to an XL, but you know, if you're thick in the thighs, then that fabric is going to fall apart and basically was fat shaming his own customers who were complaining that the fabric would pill in the thighs. Basically, it's your fault for having fat thighs. And I mean, this is just one small example of the incredible body shaming that has gone on within that company and to the customer base of that company. 
I just, I cannot support that company, even though it fucking sucks because I have worn their leggings before and they feel like butter. But I just cannot support them. And it's really, it's making me rethink the way that I shop because there are a lot of companies that maybe aren't as openly fat phobic as Lululemon has been in the past, but they don't have a wide size range. And just because I can fit into their sizes doesn't mean that I should support a company that has such a limited size range. And this is something I've been thinking more and more about. I will tell you guys, I mean, I wear mainstream clothing from mainstream companies. I wear Zara. I wear uh, Uniqlo. I wear, um, I bought a lounge set. This is actually, (laughs) this is the most comfortable thing I've ever worn in my entire life Um, from this website, LA Collective, which is very small. I mean, I got a a size large and they are small and short. Um, So comfy though. And it's just this whole Lululemon story that I I was reading this morning, it's gotten me thinking about maybe I am not being the most ethical about my own clothing choices and shopping habits in general because I just don't have to think about whether a store offers plus sizes because I'm not plus size. And that's not helping the situation at all. It's not going to make these stores more progressive. It's not going to move this initiative along any quicker to get a more inclusive size range. So I am going to make a concerted effort this month to find places that have a broad size range and to show you guys where you can shop and where you can support that offers a broader size range, not just straight sizes, but plus sizes mid sizes and straight sizes and everything in between because I think it's important for us all to band together and really show support for the companies that are doing the work because too many companies are not doing the work and they don't get called out for it and they just get to exist and be super fucking fat phobic and we all know who gets the short end of that stick and that is people living in larger bodies. And finally, you guys, I am going to tell you a little bit of uh, what I'm planning to do in the next couple weeks on Patreon. I would love for you to leave some comments here and tell me if you want more bonus episodes or if you would prefer more vlogs because I can do either. I enjoy doing both. Obviously, I'm a podcaster by trade, so this is very comfortable for me, but I have been enjoying branching out and getting creative with the vlogs. So I would just love to know what you want to see and hear. Also, if you would like a Q&A or another type of video or podcast, get as specific as you want to because I really do want to cater it to you. So let me know that in the comments. And aside from that, I'm going to be doing another full day of eating at some point this weekend. So that's going to be up next week. And I'm also going to be doing another challenge video next week, similar to Instagram picks what I eat in a day. But I'm thinking of doing my boyfriend picks what I eat in a day. Um, I think that would just be really funny. And he'd probably just pick, you know, everything that he wants to eat. And I don't always want to eat what he wants to eat. So I just think that would be a fun experiment and hopefully won't end our relationship. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, so that's what I'm planning. And please feel free to contribute as much or as little as possible and shoot me a message if you don't want to post it publicly. That's fine. Also, I am happy to do an advice episode. Um, I haven't really gotten a whole lot of advice questions lately because I haven't been posting episodes in the regular feed. But if you have an advice question, you can submit it anonymously or not. You can DM me at Lubination, that's L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N on Instagram, or you can email me at ripdiets at gmail.com. So that's it for today's mini episode of RIP Diets. I hope you all have a fantastic week. And if you're in the Northeast and it's snowing, stay inside, stay comfy, and enjoy some hot chocolate with extra marshmallows in my honor. Peace out. Peace out.